All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. Today, we have Grant back, baby. Football's back, Big 12 back, BYU in the Big 12, Power 5 time. We're back, baby. We have football. It's August. The Jets are back. The Jets are Super Bowl darlings right now. We're on hard knocks. We got Zach Wilson playing football again. Didn't look so great at the Panthers training camp today, but we're talking Big 12 today. We're going to do our Big 12 preview like we've done on the past few conference episodes with Dylan and Connor. Today, it's just Grant and I. Back to the usual. Back to the OG football crew. Grant, how have you been? Bro, I've been good, man. It's, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be talking football again. Honestly, it's been rough not having football these past few months. The good thing about everything that's been going down is all the realignment news is kind of taking you know, the forefront of our minds off of, like, not having football. So it's been kind of cool. That and the transfer portal has kind of, like, filled that gap a little bit more. But even then, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to roll in football, obviously talking about all the stuff we're going to be talking about. But, man, it feels good to be to be thinking about playing actual games again. That's the cool part. I know. It seems like the frustrating part is once you get to the beginning of August, you're like, oh, yeah, football's finally here. And then you realize – no, it's still like three, four weeks away, and the weeks become super long, and week zero comes, and you're all excited. Oh, I get to see football on my TV, Notre Dame, Navy, uh, FAU versus Ball Sack State, and you're like, okay, like you you walk yourself into betting one of those games, you and you never win those bets. Remember last year, Utah State, UConn? That was a disaster. That was a disaster. <laughs> that, those are like the two unbettable teams that are going at each other, and we had to pick one side. It was like the two movable forces of what you shouldn't bet on, and yet we, we decided to try and take a bet on it anyways. That's how degenerate we became, even from the beginning. That's that's the desperate measures that you find yourself in when you have months and months of you know no football. You become a degenerate betting on anything you possibly can the second it comes out. Yeah, no, it was picking the lesser two evils. But, okay, today's rundown. <laughs> We're going to start off, we're going to talk conference realignment. We have to. Uh, it's Everything's going on. I know it's a preview show, talk football, but we got to talk conference realignment. Just so much craziness going on. We talked a little bit about it on the ACC show. That'll be coming out soon with Josh Graham, uh, sports radio host from North Carolina. And then following that, we're going to talk about Texas, Oklahoma, the two top dogs in the conference. Every conference has the two top dogs. SEC, you have Georgia and Bama. And then you, in the ACC, you have Clemson, Florida State, we're going to talk Texas, Oklahoma, and then we're going to roll in, talk a little BYU. And I have a team, my favorite team in this conference, and it's not BYU. Shocker, it's not BYU. I can't wait to talk about them. But first, let's get into conference realignment. It's been insane. You, you check your phone last week, and you're like, wait. You, every time you scroll Twitter, you refresh Twitter, you're like, wait, new update from Brett McMurphy? Like, wait, Utah's joining? Arizona's joining? Arizona already applied? Arizona State's in? Is UConn coming? Is Gonzaga coming? Is the ACC falling apart? What is happening right now? Conference realignment, now the dust has settled a little bit. There's still a lot more dominoes to come. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado are now in the Big 12. What are your initial thoughts about those teams coming into the Big 12? Um, perfect fits, Like to be honest. like They fit the Big 12 perfectly. You know, Oregon and Washington, as much as the Big 12 would have wanted them, and they would have, believe me, they would have taken them in a heartbeat. They just, they don't fit. They don't fit the Big 12. They're not like that team. Like, could you imagine Oregon playing a Big 12 schedule? It just doesn't, uh, yeah, it just doesn't ring true to me at all. That always seemed like but a But does very... a Big 10 schedule ring true to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> You're 100% right. It doesn't either. But even less so with the Big 12 for some reason. I don't know. There's just something weirdness that with that. Um but no, like those four schools seem like perfect fits. They obviously have natural rivalries tied in. So the cool thing, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit with Texas and Oklahoma, but you're losing, through all this realignment process, you're losing a lot of natural rivalries, a lot of natural geography between conferences, which seems, like I said, hate it or love it, it's just the new reality of college football. It is what it is. But in this four-corner schools, what they keep calling you know, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, the four-corner schools being added to... Uh, the Big 12, you have two natural rivalries now in the Big 12. And I would argue that the Holy War, BYU versus Utah, would go number one or number two in best rivalries in that conference without the, you know, the Red River Showdown or whatever it is called, right, the Texas-Oklahoma game. Um, so, like, you're looking at the number one rivalry, in my opinion, again, like I said, I know we're biased in that sense, but just from the sheer history and the, the competitiveness of the game, maybe not so much this past decade, but over time, like the all-time for sure, 
it's just a really, really cool thing to see. At least that is preserved, some natural rivalries, which, again, funds and drives college football. Like, that. that's what gets eyeballs. Like, natural rivalries, like the end of the end of the season games, like, those games are super important to the, the longevity, the health, the growth of the sport. So I'm glad to see that happening. That seems cool to me. Um, I just I think the Big 12 solidified themselves as the number three the number three conference in my opinion. Like I don't really know how ACC is going to be able to survive this onslaught of FSU wanting to take off. You know I'm sure Clemson's right behind them. Right, the ACC just kind of is with their grant of rights how they locked themselves in for such a long time. Like I don't know how they can stay competitive with that kind of grant of rights locked in for you know an extended period of time. So it's interesting about the grant of rights deal is we talked to Josh Graham yesterday and he was kind of breaking it down more so for us, uh, for us, for us people with dumb football brains. So the ACC thing is the problem is these Clemson and FSU's. It, I just there's not really a way to get out of it besides paying half a million do- or half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And is paying half a billion dollars and getting a loan out from J.P. Morgan or something worth it? to move to the Big Ten because the other thing is the SEC isn't going to poach Clemson or uh, Florida State because guess what? Essentially now ESPN owns the SEC. They own the ACC, and I guess Big 12 is kind of weird, right? They have like half Fox Sports and half ESPN. But SEC and ACC, they're the same team now. They're basically – it's not quite a relegation system, but SEC's – League One, and then ACC's League Two, essentially, because they're on the same team. It's basically Fox versus ESPN now, and it's not really the conference part of it. Now, if would would it be worth it to go to the Big Ten, make $50, 60000000 million? Maybe, but it's honestly kind of splitting hairs there because you got to pay $500 million, so you're honestly stuck in this deal in the ACC. Yeah, it feels a lot to me like just being at the right place at the right time more than anything else, right? Like, just this, these schools. That's BYU. BYU, yeah. perfect place at the perfect time. I mean, they got that – we talked to, on, you know, a different show or whatever, talked to some of the people from BYU. They said, we literally got that call. We made sure the paperwork was real, and we signed it without even blinking. Yes. And then they were in independence for that reason, which independence brought a lot of things that really sucked, for sure, for years and years and years. But one of the best things about about it was obviously you could schedule with those contingencies that if you ever got invited to a P5 League, you could just drop those schedules and then, you know, join right away, which we're seeing now the issues with uh, San Diego State, SMU, like all these teams, I guess not so much SMU, but any Mountain West school right now that has massive buyouts, right? SDSU just went through it where now they're going to owe 30 plus million dollars to, to leave the league, right? If they wanted to leave the next year. So just crazy buyouts that people are getting locked in, crazy grant rights deals that were signed for years, mistakes made. I mean, the Pac-12 made mistake after mistake after mistake, um, not going to the, you know, getting jumped by the Big 12 to make their deal. Um, the, the Big 12 secured the grant rights deal, secured themselves with the ESPN and Fox, right? Linear streaming instead of, or linear TV instead of streaming, right? And then the Pac-12 tried to make the gamble on Apple and it just, the exposure wasn't there. Schools were not comfortable with that. Schools were not comfortable with guaranteed payouts either. Even if, even if it had escalators to hit more, they didn't want to deal with that. They want uh, Schools have to work with a guaranteed budget right now. They can't be working with what-ifs, right? So you need a, at least a base in that media deal that the Big 12 signed was massive in getting the four-corner schools, right? Massive in, in being able to take that chunk out of the out of the Pac-12. And to be honest, like Brett Yormark is ruthless, man. Like he... <laughs> It's kill or be killed right now. Like everyone has to position themselves the best they possibly can, because we're seeing now. Like if you don't, you will get eaten, and you will get like you will get passed up. Like that just is what it is. Like the best you can do is look out for your conference, look out for your you know member institutions, and position your, position yourself the best you possibly can. Yeah, the uh, the Big Twelve. Interesting part about that one is, yes, you have like traveling from Provo, Utah, all the way down to Orlando sometimes, whatever. I'm sure they'll create a pod system or a division east-west type thing. The advantage with the Big 12 is if you split it in half and do a you know division type thing for their non-football sports, that's a big advantage for those non-football sports. I know non-football doesn't bring in as much money, but that does help out those other sports where they don't have to travel as much. But then when you talk about like USC and UCLA having to – travel all the way to New Jersey for a women's soccer game it's insane it's insane it's just it's almost like they didn't even look through the details and there's going to be there's going to come out with horror stories in the next like 
year or so where it's like, oh yeah, girls versus girls soccer versus Rutgers got, gets canceled because they couldn't afford the flight. Like they don't want to pay for a chartered flight all the way there, or their Southwest yeah. flight got canceled. And I don't know if it's 100% true, but I saw somewhere on Twitter that basically Washington was basically stating that $10 million was going to be the added cost of travel for all their sports or something like that, like $10 million. That, that seems one, low, honestly. How I mean, even if that is, right, even if it's the right number, low, whatever it is, like $10 million is what we're looking at for increased travel costs. Like, that's insane. So that's what you're looking at, and that's what they were brought up to the Big Ten when they were going back and forth, right, to kind of go back and forth to see what kind of cut they could get. They're trying to get a little bit more for travel. It's just crazy, man. Like, the, the state of college football where geography does not matter whatsoever – it's about what conference you're in now at this point. That's literally all that matters. It's like just conference. It's just like, what conference are you in? Because the geography at this point has gone out the window. Going back to the Big 12 with BYU and Utah now together in the Big 12. Real quick, BYU fans who were like, I don't want Utah in the Big 12 or whatever. Like, come on, man. Like, that's coward talk. That You're being a wuss, man. Like, let you're being pe- like, okay, they were petty. Utah fans suck. BYU fans also suck. Guess what? You want to play each other. Now the rivalry is is real as as big as it's ever going to be. It's going to immediately shoot to, like, even before it was a big rivalry when it was the Mountain West, even independent. Now that it's a Power 5 rivalry, I guess Power 3 now, it is going to be way up there. Thanksgiving Day, like, Thanksgiving weekend, like, it's going to be awesome. I, I, I just can't wait for that. I had to mention that. Hundred and conference implications, like actual, like and like and like you mentioned earlier, I guarantee there's gonna be a pot system, so they will play each other, and those games will matter for the outcome of right of who comes from the West or who comes from whatever pod they're in, right? Like it's going to it's going to matter. hundred percent, it's gonna matter. So those games will not only take on like a regional like significance, they'll take on a national significance in the fact that now they're playing for titles, right? For for Big Twelve titles at that point, if they got to that point where they both were that good, right? I'm not saying they're going to be playing for Big 12 titles every single year, but the concept is there, right, that they could potentially lead to, right, the, the team that wins that game in, in late November is getting a Big 12 berth, right, and, and, and in so a chance to play for a national title because they expanded playoffs. So there's just all that, too, that makes it really interesting to see what they're going to do with, like, how many teams they're going to have, how many teams that each, you know, each conference gets. Like, it's just it's very intriguing. It's super interesting to see how where college football is going right now. Last thing I'll touch on, I, there's another thing I want to talk about. We, we can do it another time is talking about how uh, eventually, like, what's, it's, these kind of go hand in hand, but the long-term play in this all. First thing is I feel like, first off, football is going to break away. Football is going to be its own entity because none of this makes sense. But the issue is Title IX. Like, how does Title IX affect all this? And eventually they're going to figure out a way they're going to find a loophole into making football its own entity and then basketball can now be a regional thing all these other sports can be regional things again i think that's the future because back to the long-term play the long term this does not seem like it's going to be a great play because i think viewership numbers will go down yes everybody's always going to watch football yes people love college football but the product is going to suffer in the long term Eventually, people are going to get tired of seeing UCLA versus Iowa. Yes, you do get that one Oregon-Ohio State game a year, mm-hmm. but does it make up for the other eight Rutgers versus USC's or Rutgers versus Washington's? Yeah. No, 100%. I think you're right there. And, like, the only thing that makes sense to me that football breaks away and kind of does something because the fact of what it is right now, like you said, it's just you can, you can get away with the crazy conferences that it is. But regionality has to be there. Like there has to be some sort of like semblance of a region or like some proximity for these other sports because it, it's crazy, bro. It's it's gonna be nuts. So we'll see. But either way, as the dust has, dust has settled a little bit for conference right now, like I said, I know there's still gonna be more dominoes. Like we'll see what happens with Stanford, Cal. If they end up in the ACC. I've heard stuff with that. It's crazy. But um, like I really like where the Big 12's position. I really do. I really like where they're positioned. I like the conference or the uh, member institutions that they have. I think it's a very tight-knit conference, and the cool thing about them is nobody really wants to poach them, and they're not going to be additive to these massive contracts in the SEC in the Big Ten, so they're not going to get poached. Like, they're not going to add, they're not going to move the needle, right, for these massive contracts, which even Oregon and Washington did. They're taking a, a, you know, a smaller cut. So it's like, basically, at this point, it seems pretty solidified where that conference is. 
Um, so I don't really see, I don't foresee too many people trying to poach them from like, you know, SEC and Big Ten. I just don't see it because I don't think they move the needle financially. Yeah. And then the, like going back to the long-term play of it all and the, you know, uh, the future of it and traditions and all that, the Big 12 is in such a good spot where it has the regionality part of it. Like even BYU, Colorado, obviously like not a rich rivalry or anything, but like that will become something. Even these little gains will become something like Duke NC State isn't the biggest rivalry in college basketball, but it's a big one where it is, and it becomes this fun game. And people are going to be drawn to the Pac-12. As the viewership numbers are going to skyrocket over the years. I think it's just gradually going to go up and up and up and up in the Big 12 because it's going to be exciting football. And also, they have the advantage of every single time slot is going to be owned by the Big 12 too. I know SEC Greg Sankey came out and said, Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. We don't want to own the West Coast time zone. People are going to want to watch us, which is true. Everybody's going to sit there every single Saturday and watch the 3.30 Eastern CBS kickoff. No yep. matter what, I guess it'll soon be the ESPN kickoff. But every single Saturday, everybody's going to watch that. But what happens when sports betting becomes this massive market now? It's going to be legalized in almost 40 out of 50 states eventually. It's going to be this huge thing when it's 8.30 Eastern who are they going to go to? Are they going to go to you know a night game, UCLA Rutgers, or are they going to go to oh crap, Arizona versus Utah? That game sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. It's way more interesting. It's way more compelling. Like you said, you'll have some West Coast battles just because of the fact that you know Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA are there for the Big Ten. But for the most part, like you said, fun football. It's going to be found in the Big Twelve. To me, it feels like the. Uh, what was the AAU or the American Athletic Conference or AAC, AAC. or whatever? Yeah, like it feels like that, but like on steroids, right? Where that was like a super fun conference, but that now was, it feels like that was like an XFL thing, though. Like it was fun for a little bit. You're like, oh, SMU's beating Marshall 52 to 45. Like yep. this is sick. And it was, but the problem is maybe the problem was those games just kept getting broadcasted on CBS Sports Network. <laughs> like yep. anytime a team gets broadcast on CBS Sports Network, you're like. Oh, we're doomed. Like, I feel like they're <laughs> capped at the number they can, like, a viewership they get. Like, yep. they're, yeah, we can't get past 100,000 people. Like, nope. <laughs> It'll shut this thing down. Yeah, yeah no, 100%. So, <laughs> I think I think we're there. But I do think, it'd be, like I said, the most parody, the most fun conference, like, top to – there are some really, really solid football. There's some really good, good football there in the Big 12. So it'll be fun. It'll be a fun conference. They'll beat up, we'll beat up on each other, right? And, and like I said, I do think it'll draw a lot of eyeballs. I really do. Especially, I mean, basketball, bro. Basketball with Arizona now, it's... I, mean, I can't that, wait. That's the craziest conference of all time. And, that, and, and I think Gormark's trying to shoot for the UConn, maybe basketball only, and then get Zaga basketball. If you do that, it's... I mean, that conference is ridiculous. Yeah, what I don't understand, though, if, if the ACC does fall apart... Duke has to be the play if you want to be a basketball conference because then you can yeah. get a cheap football school. You know, they have a, a decent football program. Duke's going to be not bad this year. They went 9-4 and four last year. But yeah. you also get the premier basketball brand. Like, they, they're going to get poached immediately. I, it'll be interesting, but I think eventually it's going to turn into this regional thing for the non-football sports and they break away. But we've done too much time on conference, on conference realignment. Let's, move, let's talk about football this year. Big 12 this year with Texas, Oklahoma still in it the last year. Uh, I'm going to give you the odds to win the Big 12, and then we'll uh, talk about some teams real quick. Texas plus 110. They are the favorite, massive favorite to win this conference. Oklahoma 4 to 1, Kansas 5 or Kansas State 5 to 1, Texas Tech 11 to 1, the runner up, the national runner up TCU Horn Frogs 17 to 1, Baylor 17 to 1, UCF 35 to 1, Oklahoma State 40 to 1, Iowa State 40 to 1, Kansas 48 to 1, Cincinnati 70 to 1, BYU plus 10,000. And the rest are the rest are plus ten thousand and Houston plus twelve thousand. So, uh, not looking good for the Cougs there. Yeah, it depends on uh, how much <laughs> how much Slovis hype you know you're buying into right now. Yeah, well, um, we'll, if, if that's possible, we'll find out. But let's start off with the favorite, the Texas Longhorns. It seems like this is the favorite every year, every single year, no matter what. It is Texas is back. Texas is back. Texas is back. We even last year tried to say Texas was back before the Alabama game, even after the Alabama game. Yeah. We're like, I think Texas might be back. Turns out they weren't back. 
This is the make or break year. I know we say that every time, but it seems like every like third year is the make or break year for whether it's the coach, the quarterback, uh, Sarkeesian, this is it. Like now's your time to prove it. If you don't prove it, you're out. It feels like that too, because you're also entering the SEC the year after, right? So that's like you're entering into a stacked, and I'm talking stacked SEC where not only are you entering where you're not the top dog by talent-wise in any means, you're going to be competitive for sure, talent-wise, of course, with the recruiting rankings, but like you're going where like the back-to-back national title has been in Georgia, and then also Alabama, which wins one like every other year, it feels like, or every other other year, you know what I mean? Like That's the kind of conference you're heading into, so it's like if you can't win the Big 12, what makes you feel like you're going to win the SEC, right? Or even come across as like one of the one of the division winners, right? Like that's that that's the kind of vibe it kind of comes from. I don't know if that's the added pressure. It's like you got to try and win it before you leave. It's been so long since you won a Big Twelve title, anyways. So like we got to get one. Or it's just like you have so much talent. But I feel like every coach has had so much talent. So I feel like it's more that the pressure of like, look, you're you're entering a a bigger and better league in the SEC, arguably the best of all time. So like if you can't win the Big Twelve. I don't, I don't really know how what your future looks like in, you know, in a better competition than the SEC. 100%. I agree with all of that. Uh, Quinn Ewer staying healthy is the key this year. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, like, yes, they have decent backups that can come in and, you know, keep things afloat for a minute. But their win total is nine and a half games. You run through the schedule. Obviously, you have two gimmies early on. You have Rice and Wyoming. But week two, at Alabama, that is a big, like – a lot of teams this year going into these first two weeks have a season-deciding game. Very rarely when they lose these early games do they bounce back and run nine off in a row. It's usually you lose that early game that kind of dictates your season, whether it's a close loss or even a blowout. It, those are huge, like LSU, FSU this year. Do you remember, mm-hmm. I mentioned this on the SEC preview. Do you remember the, or the yeah, the SEC preview. Do you remember when... Uh, we were in Vegas, Georgia versus Clemson. They played in Charlotte. It was like 6-3 to three final. That propelled Georgia to go on that run that year and win the national title. Clemson deteriorated after that. Was Clemson already a bad team? Who's to say? But they went toe-to-toe with the national champion that year. So yep. that's how important these early games are. LSU-FSU is that game this year. And Bama-Texas Week 2 is so big for the Longhorns this season. Massive. And Longhorns could have won that game very easily in Austin last year, right? Yes. Like We all remember that. They almost should and have. They almost should have. And the cool thing about that is also sneaky, by the way, Texas' first half plays for me last year was cash oh, yeah. money. That was like my go-to. So I, I have a soft spot for the Longhorns. They made me a lot of money last year. They were one of my really good college plays that I'd make. Because like you said, not everyone was up on the correct lines, I feel like, with them, especially first half plays for some reason. But... Like, in saying that, like you said, I, I do think that's a game-defining game. The only one I can think of that, like, didn't let it ruin is Oregon with Bo Nix. They, like, got destroyed by Georgia last year and then completely rattled off, like, just a bunch of wins, right? Should have made a Pac-12 championship but lost to Oregon State, which let Utah get in, whatever, get sidetracked again. Um, but, no, I'm with you. I think that game is massive. I think they have a possibility with all this talent to go into Bama's house and try and, and pull it off, but... That's such a big ask. That's such a big ask. Away in Tuscaloosa, like that is crazy. Yeah, I don't. I. I but like, I wouldn't be surprised either way because Bama or Bama has a lot of question marks rolling in. Who knows First, who their quarterback's going to be this year? There, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised no matter what that result is. But it is a massive, massive game for both teams. Um, but when you roll into the Big Twelve part of things. Nine and a half seems like a lot for Texas. Like this team feel I mean, it feels nine and three, ten and two. Like let's say they lose to Bama, they can only have one more slip up. Exactly. That's where I'm like, mmm, I don't know if I'd go for the over on that. Look, I love the Texas play. It feels like the most obvious, like, you know, Sharpie type. I, I would never bet this just because the odds are so terrible. Like it that to me is not a smart bet to take Texas to win the Big Twelve. There's no there's no juice in that. And you're talking no. about winning a conference championship, which is so hard to predict any years, right? So why why were you going to give yourself basically even odds at a, at a conference championship? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I would never take the bet, just for those that are listening, if they think like, I'm hammering that bet. <laughs> Obviously, it makes sense with the talent that's there, like why they're there, why they are there. 
But I just, I don't know, man. Big 12 football to me screams like shake up, weird stuff happening. That's I don't why really, I have my pick to win it. And I, I can't really wait to trust, talk about him. I don't trust the chalk pick. Like the, oh, yeah, they have the most talent. That just is what it is. I don't well, trust that chalk. at all. Like, you, like yeah, a little, little, little play on words there. <laughs> but I definitely would not hammer somebody that's almost even money. It just doesn't make sense to me. Plus, at the end of the day, Big 12 just seems like it's going to be chaotic. I don't know if they're going to get the benefit of the doubt with Big 12 refs just throwing that out there, whoever's refs they are you know, going because they're leaving. Who knows? There's just weird stuff at play. I don't trust like that. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, you mentioned with, like, you don't want to bet on a conference winner that, like, even odds are, like, barely above plus odds or whatever. Unless it's, like, a Michigan. Like, I really trust this Michigan team this year in the Big Ten. I know it's, we're not talking to Big Ten right now, but, like, Michigan is so good. They returned everybody. They won last year. They went 12-0, and 13-0. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could – that's a different story. Like, they only but have – that's a – is more proven than Sark is, right? Exactly, and that's the different thing is – one Sark isn't proven, and uh-huh. we've seen year after year the Big Twelve is just crazy. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's literally draw a name out of a Santa hat and see who you get. Straight up, and, and like West Virginia, like at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the year, like yeah, they got beat up all year, but then they're playing like teams close. They're playing teams hard. They're like they're almost winning games. Like you do not know game in game out who's going to win. Now when you're playing Michigan Rutgers, like dude, Michigan is going to beat them by a hundred points. Like Rutgers is terrible, right? Like, yep. like those games, Indiana. You have like, maybe two you know saying, gimmies. Illinois. You may on. have maybe two like full like full blown gimmies in the Big Twelve. Like I would say Houston and maybe maybe I wouldn't even say BYU is in full gimme. I would say Houston's probably the only gimme on their schedule. Like I'll run through it really quick, but in the Big Twelve real quick. At Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, at Houston, BYU, Kansas State, at TCU, at Iowa State, at Texas Tech. All of those games seem like they could be within 10 points. And they lost a lot of those teams last year and have lost to a lot of those teams, right? Like, that's the crazy thing is, like, I know we're saying Texas is back. How could you – I would never – like I said, I would never put a bet on these guys. To win the I just no. would never do it. There's no way. There's but, no way. But with, like, we're on the same page here. With all that being said, wouldn't be surprised if they did win it. Let's move on to, yeah, no. to the other team moving on to the SEC, Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, Brett Venables, or I can never say his name right. Uh, <laughs> second year yeah. for him. Everybody's like, okay, this is the year he gets everything right. He gets the defense right. You know, everything's going to be, you know, full go with him. Like with the Texas thing, I almost trust this Oklahoma team to hit their total more just because they have an easier non-conference. They don't have to play at Bama. They have the same win total, but their first three are Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa. Yeah, they should win those three, even though Tulsa is a much better program than they've been in the past, right? And they but, should start 4-0 and at Cincinnati week four. Yeah. No, yeah, and, they're, and their conference schedule, you can name it off, but it's it's pretty easy compared to a lot of other people's. Yeah, no, they, they're, they have to go at Cincinnati, at UCF, at Kansas, at BYU. At BYU November, sneaky watch out. Like I know we're BYU fans, but game, you don't want to play Provo in the snow. On a night game. You don't want to play them at night. We've talked about this, the difference between night day, night games, day games, all that stuff. But there is some real, actual data, hard data, fact-driven data that is sitting behind the fact of night games in Provo. You don't want to play them. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is let's say BYU's like 5-5 five and five going into that game. They have nothing to lose. They're <laughs> going to let it fly. <laughs> That's their season. That's their season, bro. That's literally what it is. So, yeah, I mean – for the most part, their 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 schedule's pretty, like you know, pretty Big Twelve friendly. Let's put it that way. Like their away games are not like against the powerhouses at all. So that that they're getting a lot of their teams, you know, their better teams at home, things like that. So it's interesting there. Um, I I just don't know if I trust Brett Venables that much. Like with what he did last year, I mean, I understand that. Do you trust uh, any Big Twelve team to get ten wins? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, it's a fair question, right? Because we talk about the parity. We talk about the that we feel like any given day, any school. If anyone's going to do it, obviously, I, I don't. I would trust the, the Bama game is what kills me with Texas. Like you said, that's what kills me. Because otherwise, I'd be like, yeah, I trust them to get to ten wins. It's the Bama game because that's like to me, that's a hard, that's a hard ask. That's a hard ask to do that and then win ten games. So I don't know. I I probably err on the side of like. No, just because I feel like there's going to be a little bit of parity there. Or maybe, like, 
Kansas State again, like, you know, freaks somebody out and, like, goes to 10 wins again or, you know, somebody else. So, yes, I just don't think it's going to be the top two teams that we think it is. I think it's going to be somebody else. All right, well, uh, let's talk about that somebody else real quick. I don't. Last thing on Oklahoma, real quick. I don't have uh, I don't have anything on them. I'm not. I'm gonna stay away. That's a full blown stay away. Like if it was eight and a half, I would hammer the over. I think nine and three is like a safe pick. Ten and two, I just don't feel comfortable putting money behind. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but the rest of the Big Twelve, we have our Kansas State, we have our Texas Tech, we have our Oklahoma State, we have our TCU's. You know they're the, you know the media favor they you know media loves TCU after last year Baylor, but the Kansas Jayhawks baby the Kansas Jayhawks are my team going into Rock. the Big Twelve Rock Chalk Kansas baby I cannot wait for the Jayhawks this season. Let's talk about this real quick. Their win total is six right now. Some places it's five and a half. It's juiced at five and a half, six or six and a half. I like it at any of those numbers. Let's go back to last season. They had one of the worst defenses. In college football, there's no denying that. Jalen Daniels, quarterback, he only played a little over half the season last year, and they had to use a backup quarterback. They returned their running back, Devin Neal. Both their quarterbacks returned, the backup being, who's also you know, a good backup if Jalen Daniels goes down. They're number two in returning production. They also bring a ton of transfers to the, defensive, these, the, the defense and the offensive line. Let's go through the Kansas Jayhawks of last season. They were projected to win two games. Two games last season, and let's get this schedule pulled up real quick here. All right. We have, they won their first game blowout, Tennessee Tech. They beat West Virginia, 55-42. Kansas, they, or Kansas beat Houston, 48-30. They beat a good Duke team, 35-27. They start off 4-0. and They beat Iowa State, 14-11. They beat... Barely lost to TCU. Do you remember that game, that TCU game? TCU was always hanging on the edge all year. They barely, they barely beat, they barely lost to TCU. They barely lost to Oklahoma, 52-42. Baylor, Mm -hmm. and that's when, that's when Jalen Daniels goes down, and then he's out, he comes back in, not 100%. They beat Oklahoma State. They lose to Texas Tech, get destroyed by Texas lose to Kansas State. The season's kind of washed there. They only lost by two in the bowl game to Arkansas. Arkansas last, se- last season, you go six and seven? You go six and seven. And you're telling me they're not going to be better this year with an easier non-conference? Let's run through the non-conference real quick. Let's run through the schedule. Missouri State, dub. Illinois, losing most of their defense, lost their quarterback, lost their star corner, Devin Witherspoon. Dub, at home. At Nevada. Nevada's ranked like they're picked to finish third to last in the Mountain West. Win. Home BYU is going to be the biggest game of the season for Kansas right there. That determines if they can get to that 7-8 win mark because Mm -hmm. they have to beat BYU at home. They're seen as somewhat equals. As if someone who is a huge BYU fan, it pains me to say this, Kansas is going to walk is is going to have those BYU Cougars walk in to Lawrence, Kansas and get destroyed. They can't handle a dual threat quarterback like Jalen Daniels. That defense is going to get whooped. They're going to have two softies against Southern Utah and Sam Houston State. Then when they walk into Kansas, they're going to have their eyes open and be like, "What the crap? This is Big 12 football. Like this we're in trouble now." 4 and 0 right there for the Kansas Jayhawks. All they have to do is win two games and it's at least a push if you get it at 6. Some places mm-hmm. 5 and a half. At Texas, that one's going to be interesting because you look at that Saturday. No, they're not going to win that game. Absolutely not. They're not yeah, going to win that game. Mind. They're going to get killed, but it's going to be that classic college game day game where Texas is rank or Kansas's ranking is overinflated. So is Texas if they beat Alabama. Texas is going to be like number four in the country. It's going to be four versus 14. ESPN, you know, college game day against Kansas. Like, we finally get to showcase Kansas, and they lose by like 40 points with Kirk Street on the call. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. But then they play UCF, then at Oklahoma State, tough game. End of the schedule. It's not easy, but at Iowa State, you got at Cincinnati. Those are very winnable games. Rivalry yep. game against Kansas State. They lose Deuce Vaughn. They lose some guys from last year. Will Howard does return, but that's a winnable game. Texas Tech, that's going to be a tough one. I probably wouldn't pick them to beat Texas Tech, but it is at home. I see eight wins on this schedule, and you mentioned the Big 12 is a disaster right now. You never know what you're going to get in the Big 12. It's like a box of chocolates. Shout out Forrest Gump. Kansas is 48-1 to to win the Big 12. 
I love that's a worth a five dollar sprinkle. That's worth a McDonald's ice cream cone bet right there. Hundred percent. I'm with you there. I don't know if I'm gonna put too much on it, but I will sprinkle that all day with five, you. Just I'm five. not crazy. I'm not crazy high as the defense can are. only get better. That's the problem. Is like, look, without sustained defensive actual support, bro. Like the fact of trying to win a championship or get to a championship is going to be extremely hard. But Plus, that, that's why that's only a sprinkle. But the win total is where you know that's where the. I do big, like the win total. That's where I the big like nuts the are at. I'm with you there. I like that. It's just, man. You hear the name? No. You know what it is? You hear the name Kansas football, and you're like, I can't. I can't. I, I physically can't. No, that's my that's my point against the bet is that. Everyone's now woken up against that idea that Kansas football sucks. That the fact that, right, like I think I'm against the fact that everyone kind of slept walking and like, oh, this is, the, this is the people that, this is the team that we always just beat. Like this is just, this is Kansas football. This is a joke, right? This is a joke of a football program. They're not a joke of a football program. And they've completely changed and revamped their program. So I think that surprise factor that got a lot of teams early on, I don't think they're going to have that advantage anymore. I do think that matters because I do think a lot of people in the perception, these guys, how they prepare, they're like, this game's a joke. Like, we, we destroy Kansas every single year, right? So I do think that is going to hurt. I don't think it's going to matter that much. Like I said, I think people prepare pretty hard regardless of the name. But there is definitely a factor, like you said, people see Kansas and they used to be like, that's an easy dub. That's 100%. That's a good point against it because then now you have game film against Kansas is the key right there. It's, you know what you're going against. But but I just think Jalen Daniels is that good. There's a reason he was picked Big 12 preseason all first team. Yep, and I think offensive like preseason offensive player of the year or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Like he's that good. He is He's legit. that good. I'm not saying he's not that good, but like you said, you're one you are that focal. You're that focused on that player. That's what scares me. It's like not it, But it's the your, thing your is but the thing is, think about last season. They went six and seven. He missed almost half their games, and they still won six games with their backup, who was also there this year as well. So if something happens to him, they're not in bad hands. They're not in bad hands, but they're not the same team, right? That they're one not, player. Not the same, but they can make it work, as, especially as long as he's healthy the first four games. That's all you really need him for is to get through those first four games. Because you true. can win two out of the last eight. That's true. It's just those are the kind of teams that scare me, right? The teams that can't sustain injuries to their star players. Like the reason why Alabama is what it is, Georgia is what it is, is because their number one guy goes down, Stetson Bennett, the, you know, the milkman or the, whatever his name was, right? Like he can come in and win a national title for you, right? When all these five-star, you know, QBs that they had recruited never panned out or got hurt or whatever the situation was, right? Like they could literally plug and play an actual walk-on and win back-to-back national titles. And I'm not saying Stetson, obviously he's playing in the league. He's not untalented. It's not what I'm saying. But you get the point. It's like they're that talented around the core that it's like injuries do not matter or specific players not panning out like they're supposed to does not matter as much as these other schools. So, like, you are riding on the fact of, like, you're betting big time on health. You're betting big time on no weird injuries. You're betting big time on those kind of things. That's the only thing I would, you know, bring up with those kind of plays but I love it. I do think, like I said, Kansas is one of those teams. Even now, they're still kind of like they're respected, but not crazy respected. They're just kind of there. Yeah, but like I think you did bring up a good point about how Kansas, uh, Kansas now they have game film. I, I, it's a huge thing. Every, that's why the sophomore slump is a thing in, uh, yeah. in sports. Uh, let's let's talk about the BYU Cougars real quick. First season in the Big Twelve. Uh, Keaton Slovis from Pitt coming in at quarterback. They lose Jaron Hall. They lose Puka Nakua. Uh, so a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball. Uh, Jay Hill, defensive coordinator, coming in. Uh, last year's defense, awful. You know, a lot of titty pushers. You know, on the D line, gave <laughs> a lot up, of titty pushers. <laughs> gave up almost thirty points per game last season. Ranked about ninety seventh in the country in overall defense. Ranked a hundred and twenty second out of hundred and thirty one teams and third down defense, and they ranked 130th out of 131 in team sacks. So zero pressure. Yeah, the drop eight model with zero pressure was the motto, right? The bend don't break, but bend and break every single third down until they scored a touchdown was kind of the motto of the defense last year. Uh, Aiden Robbins at running back from UNLV. The win total, depending on where you get it, I've seen it from four and a half up to five and a half. Four and a half is juiced. 
five and a half is decently plus odds. I've seen it like plus 160 at some places. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's around five. Let's be safe and say five wins yep. for, for BYU. Obviously, we're biased. Obviously, we know a lot about BYU. I've been going to some of the practices. Let's get your thoughts first. Over or under for the BYU Cougars? I would lean more now over with the current reporting we're hearing of Slovis. So it kind of it came down to that. I'm a huge believer in Aiden Robbins, by the way. I think he's going to be an absolute stud as a, as a running back. I think that is essential to a team's success, especially in a league like the Big 12, where you're going to have to have sustained run game every single day, every single game. You have a player like, like Aiden Robbins, which the key will be being able to rush for 1,000 yards in a P5 schedule instead of a G5 schedule, right? That's kind of the, the trick there. Um, but going back to the slowest stuff, like we're seeing some good stuff out of practices, right? I mean, you're, you're there on the ground floor. I'm hearing, I'm seeing like all the insiders reporting that good, good stuff. And if that's the kind of player he is, I think they can eclipse six wins. I really do. I think they can become bowl eligible. I really like that play. Now, if he got hurt, <laughs> that would that See, that's, that's that, where that, it gets. That would be in big jeopardy for sure. <laughs> that's the thing about Keaton Slovis and the injury like concerns is being at practice, the number one thing you see, this offensive line is NFL size. I mean, these boys are huge. I'm, you know, I'm a larger fella, you know, 6'6", six, 6'1", six, six, you know, decent weight, you know, not great, you know, working on it, getting down. But these dudes could swallow me. I mean, these guys are ginormous. This guy's like 6'8", six, 6'6", six, six, all on the line, 300-plus pounds. They're moving quick. So he's going to have plenty of time to throw the ball. The receivers are, I think it's the most underrated like receiving group in Power 5 right now. They are going under the radar. I think they can make a lot of noise in the receiving room. Slovis is going to have a lot of time to throw. Aiden Robbins is going to have some big holes on the offensive line. It's going to be a lot of BYU overs this year as long as Slovis mm-hmm. can sling it. That's, that's the thing is the offense to me has never been in question, right? It's the offense I trust – 100% that, maybe not every year, but every regular, you know, every other year maybe. The past, like, three, four years? It's been amazing, yeah. It's been it's been top tier, like, actual Power 5 offensive, you know, production and output, right? Like, offensive line, quarterback play, running play for the most part, you know, running back play for the most part. And receivers, like you said, sneaky good. Not, like, amazing, but sneaky good. Like, they're not going to get the, the accolades, the Big 12 accolades, like a lot of these other schools are going to get, like Texas. But man, like there's some there's some sneaky good players there. So I'm with you there. I think I think it the the win total it just depends on how much we're buying into the the improvement on the defense because the offense is going to score points 100. percent Like in the Arkansas game, for example, last year they were going toe for toe. BYU was even in the lead, you know, in some points. But you knew once they got stopped a couple of times with how bad that defense was, it was over. Like the game was over. There was no chance of them coming back because they would score every single time against this defense. It was that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, running through the schedule, because that's what you're kind of comparing it to, is first two weeks, Sam Houston, and then Southern Utah, easy wins. At Arkansas, at Kansas, tough games. Maybe win the Kansas game if you're an optimist. Mm-hmm. Let's, say, let's say it's 2-2. Two and two. The biggest game of BYU season is Friday night, Big 12 home opener, ESPN against Cincinnati. The entire season resides on that game. You have to win that game against Emory Jones in Cincinnati. You have to win that game, especially in a, like we talked about this, you know, off podcast on a short week for Cincinnati traveling. They're traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast after just playing Oklahoma. Like, and I know it's cliche, but also altitude at night in Provo, Big Twelve home opener. Going to be a rowdy crowd, sold out crowd at Lavelle Edwards. It's going to be that's going to be one of the best atmospheres in college football all season. It's going to be incredible. And their coach has already basically put out the fact that he hates the idea of playing on a short week. Like he's already kind of thrown it out there as like, I hate this. I'm not a huge fan of this. And I'm like, all right, man. If you're already putting that out there, like to me, that's like blood in the water type type vibe. Like they've got to take advantage of the fact it's a short week. They've got to take advantage. It's you know home game in Provo. So I love that game. I think they they have to pull that one. Like you said that. That yeah, Scott be... Satterfield. That's who I had to make sure it was. I had to get stats department on it. Scott Satterfield's the Cincinnati coach who was saying that he's a loser anyways. He was the one who <laughs> left App State and was like, "I'm not leaving App." You know all this yep. crap. 
So, no. Yeah, they already sound like they're like, yeah, whatever. We're going to lose that game, you know. The excuses are there, right? At least that's the thing. It's like, oh, I hate short leaks. I can't believe that. He's like, that's what stuck out to me when the Big 12 schedule was announced. Like, that was the game. I'm like, not Oklahoma at home. That what didn't stick out to you? Like, the, the short week traveling to pro was like, come on, man. So, yeah, that to me is like, all right. Like, you're already kind of putting excuses in the water. There's blood in the water for sure. They got to take care of business at home this year. If they don't take care of business at home, obviously that over is not hitting. But I think they can. Even against, like, we'll talk about the Oklahoma game a little bit. But, like, they, they've got some fun matchups at home. And um, they've just got to sneak away a couple, whether it be Kansas, whether it be West Virginia, whether it be TCU, Texas. You know, one of these games, Oklahoma State, whatever it is, they've got to sneak some of these wins away to be able to hit that total. Because you can't just rely everything on home. you got to sneak a couple away. Grant, we're going to the Texas game. You know that means it's an automatic loss. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything else. I'm expecting the fact that like we won't play Texas in who knows how long. Like, yeah, and you got to go to a, Austin. Yeah, unless it's a major bowl, like we're not playing Texas in who knows how long. So it'll be a fun game to go to. We we got to see it. Probably will lose that one, but you know we're gonna yeah, be it'll there. Be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be There's fun. no expectations going in. The worst part is like, what if they BYU is good and they're like five and two going to that game? They look good. And then they just get blown out. Then it's just going to be actually even worse. But it's like the I, FSU I, in two thousand nine or whatever it was, right? Like just stuff yeah. like that. TCU yeah, they, almost every year that they're good in the Mountain <laughs> West. Uh, I mean, I like BYU. Oh, I like BYU at five wins. If you get it at four and a half, I would, I would hammer that. I think mm-hmm. it's a hammer play. Sit five and a half. It's like a one unit play. Like it's like you you put your average unit on it. It's not yeah. something you hammer. Five six feels very right for BYU. I think they can sneak six wings. I think they can become bulletable this year. I do think that's a possibility. Like I said, they have the pieces on offense. The offense is going to be solid. Like, the offense is going to score points. It's just whether or not the defense can handle their business. And we don't know how much of a difference coaching is going to make with the same players basically one year removed from one of the worst defenses in college football. We'll see. We'll see what Jay Hill can do. I'm optimistic that he can turn around and write in, like, with a little bit more aggressive nature and a little bit more fundamental football and being able to tackle, you know, that would be nice to have players tackle people in space. That'd be kind of cool. If we could see that, you know, some, some form tackling, some, you Maybe know, Maybe one sack or like a pressure a game. <laughs> a couple pressures, right? I'm not even asking for sacks at this point. I want hands in like the face of the quarterback, right? Just like having him have to Maybe throw. Maybe a deflection. That would be sick. Anything. I would take literally any amount of pressure you can give me based on what we've seen because before it literally was third down was a guarantee. It did not matter because it would be drop eight a hundred percent. So the quarterback knew he had all day to throw and would just wait for whatever drag route he had coming out of the you know, from his tight end or from his, you know, ex receiver, whatever it was, like just sit there as guys are guarding space, you know, guarding grass instead of any players, and like they would just it's automatic first down. It was infuriating so we'll see we'll see what kind of difference they have made there um but like i said optimistic i think bowl game is definitely the goal in year one of the big 12 i don't think there should be that crazy of aspirations for a first year power five team coming from you know independence no shot no uh let's move on from byu real quick uh talk about a couple other teams real quick and uh then we'll get out of here real quick um kansas state they're an interesting case here because Will Howard does return. I think a lot of people are going to be low on them because they lose Deuce Vaughn. They lose a lot of guys, but they are the Big Twelve champs. People forget this. Like they won the big, they won the freaking Big Twelve last year. They have an easy start of the season. They have Southeastern Missouri and Troy. At Missouri's a tough game. Missouri's an under the radar team that could be good. Yep. Um, but uh, transfer uh, from FSU, Treshawn Ward at running back. But that's another thing, like, these big 12, you have to just, like, fall, like, you just have to do your research, do your prep, see the teams you like, and you just have to fall in love with that one team. That one team in the big 12 where you're like, you know, I'm going to hitch my wagon to them. Because, look, some of these seven and a half win totals, Kansas State seven and a half wins, Texas Tech seven and a half wins, TCU seven and a half wins, Baylor seven and a half wins, UCF six and a half, Oklahoma State six and a half. Like, those... Some of those teams are going to be bad. Like, they're not going to even get close to that. And one of these teams is going to overachieve like crazy and be 11 and 1, 10 and 2. That's just the Big 12. 
that's what happened last year with Baylor, right? So two years ago, they were predicted eighth, win the Big 12. A year later, they were predicted super high to have a terrible season. It's just you don't know, man. Like, you don't know how teams are going to react. You don't know how teams are going to gel. And when you have as much parity as you do in the Big 12, if you don't gel with the, in the right time, if you're injury-prone at the wrong time, like, you're going to start dropping games like crazy because any team can beat you on every given, like, weekend. So Kansas State is one of my teams that I'm going to be watching for. I do like them. I like them. You know, like I said, like I like the fact that they have a returning production quarterback. I like a lot of their pieces. I think they're kind of like a gritty team. So I do like them a lot. If I was going to play, you know, some, a random team to win the Big 12, I think it might be, again, Kansas State. We'll see. It's like not the trending pick, obviously, because they just won it. But it's hard for me. And maybe it could be TCU just because they have so much, like, influx with transfers and stuff like that. So I might but go with the prob- that. The problem with TCU is I think there is going to be a little bit of a championship hangover. From last with, and year, with Max Duggan losing that right, and you lose a lot of guys from last year's team. And also, I think the most underrated part is offensive coordinator. Or, you know, Garrett Riley's gone; he's at Clemson yeah. now. Yeah, that does. That, that's what I'm saying. the The gelling factor, the the continuity factor, is a massive thing in college football. Plus, there were so many games with TCU where they could have lost. Basically, every game, it felt like they could have lost the game, but they somehow pulled it out. So, you never know who's going to be that team is going to be able to finish the you know the games this year. The Kansas plays fun. I like that one a lot. I think that's a fun one to put out there. Uh, TCU ranks 118th in returning production. <laughs> <laughs> They're hoping the transfers, right? They're hoping the transfers. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't want to hitch my wagon to a team of transfers. So that's the yeah. other problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kansas State is one you look out for. I think they're going to have some overinflated betting lines early in the season. I'm going to stay away from their win total just because – uh, they feel a little eight and four, seven and five. Like Vegas gets these things right. There's a reason why you know these they have massive casinos. I uh, I, I wanted like to keep an eye on Kansas. If they lose early to that Missouri game, then I'll like bet individual games. But I'll stay away from that. TCU, I would almost bet they're under, but their non-conference is so bad. They play Colorado, Nickel State. You don't like SMU. that game. You don't think the game's gonna be interesting, Colorado? No. You didn't hear? Okay, I don't know if you heard this, but Urban Meyer said he was at practice and he was impressed with the boys that they have at Colorado. He said they've got a good team. Now he said yeah. they don't have depth. But... We haven't done we haven't done our Pac-12 preview with Brian yet, but I will say, Colorado. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, the the last Pac-12 preview ever. We'll do a that funeral means. for it. Uh, Colorado's getting the most money. In uh, they're getting the most money on their overs at three and a half wins. That's what kind of scares me. I just kind of want to stay away from that. That's a, like if that's gonna hit. I feel like they lose. Or it's gonna sound weird, but they lose early and then under the radar, just knock off teams who think they're dead. Yeah. Uh, other thing, back to Kansas real quick. They're the most bet under team, which makes me feel great. Yeah, that does make me feel better about the play. Then, like we said, um, we like to, we like to fade the public a lot yeah. on this podcast. Um, and then real quick, Texas Tech, that's the t- seven and a half team I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet on Texas Tech over seven and a half wins. I know they're getting quite a bit of love right now. I like their quarterback, Blake Schuff. I like Joey McGuire. Uh, he's a great coach. They, they're, they're a fun team. They're a fun team. They can sling it. I, but they do have to play Oregon. That does hurt a little bit. But, like, the beginning of the schedule is pretty friendly. Wyoming, Oregon loss, Tarleton State, West Virginia, Houston. That should be 4-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Then you got to no. go – then you got to win – you got to win, what, four games? And then – or no. Yeah, you got to win four games. Kansas State at BYU, home TCU, at Kansas, home UCF, at Texas. I see three, four more wins in there at minimum. And you know, so I spent a lot of time, well, not a lot of time, but I spent a whole year in West Texas, so I definitely have love for, you know, Texas Tech for sure. So they're one of those teams that I'm, I'm going to be always be rooting for. I have a, you know, massive uh, love for Texas Tech and their university. Every They're fun. They are fun. I just don't know if they're there yet with the horses that they have, right, the players that they have to be able to compete at that level. We'll see, right? That They're yeah. kind of like the trendy dark horse pick. They yeah, really they are. are. That's what that's what I don't like. They're trendy. They're trendy. They are very trendy. That was all the talk, right? The Big Twelve media days was like how, you know, how much Texas Tech could actually surprise people. All this stuff, and I'm like, so they're not going to surprise people because everyone's talking about them. So I, yeah. everyone kind of knows who they are, 
It's just, do they have the type of, you know, they have speed, they have really fun, you know, firework type players, but like, do they have like the dogs in the trenches to really, really be able to compete for a championship, right? I think that's kind of the question. Yeah, I think that's fair. They ranked ninth in red zone defense last year, so. Well, their, their D-line is legit. Like, they yeah. have legit defense. And that's rare in the Big 12, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know their penalty yards. Shout out Dylan. I don't know their penalty yards per game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge factor here in the Carter. Cast. Yeah, we ha- we have to know every team's penalty yardage per game. Uh, I'm going to steamroll through these uh, the rest of these teams real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Baylor. I don't have much on Baylor. They seem seven and five. Their win total seven and a half. That it's just a stay away for me. They're a team that could you know if they went nine and three, wouldn't be surprised. If they went three and nine, wouldn't be surprised. That's a lot of the Big Twelve. Isn't that isn't that our Utah game going to be super fun to watch too? Utah at week Waco. Two, week Ooh. two. You know what I don't like Ooh. about that? It's an 11 a.m. Central kickoff. Oh, bro! I'm telling you that Waco game is different. Baylor plays very different at home than they do away. I think there's just stats. I don't know. Someone in the Baylor fan, I'm sure, would be able to know. But only if Charlie they, Brewer was playing. <laughs> I think they play really well, really well at home. And I don't think they play that great away. Like, I think that's just kind of how they've been. I don't know if they've been like that the entire time. Hey, let's keep that in the tickler file for the week two college football show. There we go. I love it. Let's keep keep that there. Um, I don't really have anything on Baylor much to add. Uh, UCF, they're they're another one. Like, you could talk yourself into UCF big time, but, like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not talking myself into that. There is no way I'm talking myself into UCF winning the, the, the conference championship. No, 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 not winning it, but, like, talking yourself into eight wins or something like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, win total, I could see it. I could see it, maybe. It's six and a half. Like, you could easily – you were like, oh, yeah, Plummer, he's going to be good, you know, from Ole Miss, blah, blah, blah. But, by the way, UCF is going to be good. They're going to be a contender in the Big 12 moving forward. They will be able to recruit in Florida. They will be fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why, like, I was talking with someone, like, UCF's a great ad. The Cincinnati one is where I'm a little, like, skeptical about adding them in the Big 12, but... You're going to get some spicy, spicy people on the feed, bro. Oh, I know. Trust me. Cincinnati fans are crazy. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I love Wes Miller, basketball coach from UNCG. Uh, Oklahoma State, their win total six and a half. There's just too many question marks there. Their quarterback is Alan Bowman, it seems like, from Michigan. He's played like three snaps his whole college career, so yeah. there's way too many question marks there. Their non-conference is a joke, so like that helps, but that just absolute that just screams stay away. If I don't know who your quarterback is, stay away. I don't I don't get to talk. I don't get to bet you if I don't know your quarterback. But you know Gundy, you don't trust Gundy. I don't know their quarterback. I need to know your quarterback if I'm going to place money on you. True. So uh, then Iowa State, stay away. I don't have anything to add there to you. No, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. There were the totals it, five and a half. Um, the thing about Iowa State, it's like Matt just, Campbell. They're like Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, yeah. Matt Campbell. And they have, like, they're going to have one running back that's like, oh, yeah, this guy's legit. And then uh-huh. it's like, then he kind of disappoints or gets hurt. Uh, it's, it's like I don't know enough about Iowa State football to be able to bet on them right now. And based on their last year, they can't. They probably can't be that bad. Again, they're probably oh. going to improve. Oh, don't worry. Iowa State is going to lose you money at some point. You're going to bet against them, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, Like, why did I bet against Iowa State? Of course this was their bounce-back game. I think I lost every single game I like had money that Iowa State was involved in last year, whether you know, they're just like a weird under-team. Like, you can never guess their totals right. You can never guess who they're going to yep. play right. The Iowa game every year is gross. Uh, absolute stay away there. I mentioned Kansas. Love Kansas. I can't get enough of Kansas. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. Let's go. Cincinnati, Emory Jones at quarterback, like I mentioned. Scott Satterfield at head coach. Their win total is five and a half first year in Big 12. Um, I'm not an Emory Jones guy. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll see what their team looks like without Luke Fickle, right? It's like, it's like what is this team made of? Like, is it, Was it really the coach? Was it the players? We'll see. Like, I think they have pieces based on what they've recruited before. But to bet on them on the over, someone has to suck. The problem is this: someone has to be the team that there loses has to be. There well. has to be four. There has to be two four-win teams in this. That's in what this I'm conference. Someone has to lose, and so it's like, like who's going to be that team? It's like, ooh, a lot of people are prognosticating that it's going to be Cincinnati. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. I also don't hate West Virginia being that team either. If if Keaton Slovis <laughs> gets hurt. Uh, knock on wood, <laughs> yeah. BYU is going to be that team if Keaton. Uh, 
Uh, West Virginia, their win total is at five. Uh, Garrett Green at quarterback. Blech, blech, blech. They stink. I, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> they're. I just no. But they hear, they hear all the noise, Carter, and they're pissed. They're super mad. They played really yeah. close at the end of the season. Yeah, woo, yeah. That's Hey, you know what they always said about, you know, whenever, I love when people use the argument. It's like, oh, we were so, we played so well. Like, we played teams close in November. It's like, yeah, you know who else does that? Matt Rule. You know who sucks? <laughs> Matt Rule. It can't be a, it can't be a Carter cast episode with Grant and I without me trashing Matt Rule. <laughs> trashing Matt Rule. At some some way, somehow. We're talking about the Big 12, and we're still going to talk about Matt Rule, but even though I do think he'll be great at Nebraska over the next few years, but that's a different story. Um, and then last, but kind of least, uh, Houston. Their win total is four and a half. Uh, Donovan Smith at quarterback. He's so loose with the ball. I mean, he, th- I mean, he threw 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions. But I'll tell you what, all I have on Houston is they play my sweet, sweet UTSA Roadrunners. Meet me week one. And they're only a one and a half point favorite. Is that the biggest trap line of all time? Give me the Roadrunners plus one and a half or the money line. Don't care. I'll probably take an alternate line on the Roadrunners. The Roadrunners are going to be nasty next year. Once again, they're going to dominate Houston. Give me UTSA already. That's that's your little week one preview. You want to get a little early line action? Bam! Hit UTSA plus one and a half. Yeah, take a money line at this point. Take a money yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UTSA money line over Houston. It's free money, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's a Carter Cast special for you people right there. Because I'm with you there. I do like that. The thing about Houston is like you have Dana Holgerson, right? You have a coach that's play that's coaching the Power Five level, and I think that's what people kind of give him like the. Well, they have good coaching. It's like, oh, like kind of like UCF. Like, they have Gus Malzahn. I'm like, no, that is a big deal. It does matter. Coaching experience definitely matters. In but why have they league. sucked? Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, it's who you also have as players. Like, I can promise you, Nick Saban ain't Nick Saban if you take him outside of, like, Alabama. Now, he would And that's kind of what we'll find out about this year. He'd be damn good in almost yeah. any other conference, but he ain't going to be, you know, competing for national title. Like, you have to have dudes, right? And so, like, when you're not yeah, in the yeah, top but, five but the other part of this is we're talking five wins for Houston. True. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about natties. It's just, for me, Houston feels 100% like one of those teams that's going to have to be the team that's going to lose. Like, they feel yeah. like one of those teams. I'm going to pick West Virginia as my team because they're <laughs> – I think West Virginia – I think the Big 12 – I think Vegas has it right because – Look at the like. I really think the early part of people's schedules like will like put them down in a deeper hole. Yeah. West Virginia has to play at Penn State. I mean Duquesne next, oh. but then Pitt, Pitt rivalry game against Pitt, and then Texas Tech. Like that's one in three staring you right in the face. Yeah, that's a rough start. And I know they mentioned that like in, in the Big Twelve media days, they're like talk about how their start is just brutal, and it is like that is brutal way to start. And to me, I think there needs to be some uniformity with like how teams start their season. Because, like, to be honest, is like, there? I think I it's. Know. I think it. I mean, I think it should just be up to your AD like usual. I mean, why not pick a bad? Te- like, why not pick bad teams? Why not pick a Sam Houston State? But that's what I'm saying. Why is Texas playing Alabama, and then you know some schools are playing the school of the blind? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. If you're Texas, why are you playing Alabama? It's not college basketball. <laughs> I don't understand like, it. I don't college, understand. college basketball, you only get rewarded if you play good yeah. teams, which is awesome. That's how it should be. But college football, play the bad team. You're already in a Power 5 conference. You go undefeated, you're going to the playoff. Play the bad really? team. And I think that's why the SEC stays. I think they stayed at eight conference games, if I'm not wrong, right? They want to stay eight instead of nine or whatever it is. And everyone's mm-hmm. pissed because they like want nine conference games. And they're like, no, yeah. we're in the SEC. You have to get your November uh, New Mexico State game in for Alabama. <laughs> your get right game. True, the the game before the SEC championship game. The game you're all of a sudden like, wait, why are they playing New Mexico State? Like you're playing Troy? Unless he's playing Yeah, you're playing Troy. Like, am I about to bet Alabama first quarter minus 17 and a half? It's straight. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's just kind of funny. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But what's the strategy now with an expanded playoff? Like, why would you ever take that game? You don't want to take that game. You don't want to play that game until you have to play it in a playoff setting, right? Nope. I, yeah, there, I, yeah. There's literally no advantage to it. I don't get it either. But all right, before we get out of here, real quick, 
Give me your Big 12 title prediction. So who wins it and who is it? All right, who's in it is Texas versus TCU. Wow, TCU. That feels right to me. TCU, really? Losing all that stuff? Oh, losing all that production? Yeah. TCU wins it. TCU wins it. What? Yeah. That's... That's the that's a Carter Cast Grant seal right there. Out of nowhere, out of left field, that feels right to me. Texas versus TCU, and TCU wins wins the championship this year, unlike last year when they very easily could have won it. I'm going spicy here, too. I'm rolling with the Longhorns. I think Texas is back. I think mm. Texas is back, so we're going a little chalk there, but we're staying chalk. We're going rock chalk Jayhawk, baby. The Kansas Jayhawks versus the Texas Longhorns in the Big 12 title game. Texas is going to win by a thousand, but the Kansas Jayhawks will be in the Big 12 title game. Jalen Daniels is going to run for 3,000 yards this season. He's going to throw for 3,000 yards, throw 400 touchdowns. Kansas is back, baby. Kansas, I mean, we're it's Kansas. They're they're already putting out stuff. It feels like 07 again. Yeah, no, they're they're hype. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They are hype, bro. In fact, when the Big 12 media says, like, we're starting to sell out, you know, like, basically, like, there are people coming to the games. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's an like, actual yeah, we, we sold 10 tickets. This is awesome. We're a Power 5 program. Like, we forgot <laughs> that for the past, whoever knows how long. We forgot we even played football. So, no, man, I love it, bro. That's, that's I mean, I, I'd rather tune into your game than my game. But, yeah, it's it's hard for me to envision Kansas being in a, in a Big 12. It's just hard. I can't, I can't do it. Kansas. Kansas versus Texas in the Big 12 title game, and then Texas is going to win it. Texas is back. Sarkeesian's legit. Quinn Ewers is legit. Uh, that's our Big 12 predictions. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Grant, you'll be back football season. We'll do previews coming up soon with the NFL. I can't wait to talk about the Jets, man. I Dude, can't wait. I mean, Hard Knocks, Jets. I mean, they're they, – real quick on the Jets. There's one thing there, and that's the offensive line, and every other question is answered. That's the thing. O-line is a problem. In fact, like you said, the reports from camp today, I know we're going to get they're gonna get a little in the woods here, but they're, they can't they can't block for Rodgers. And if you can't block for Rodgers... Whoa, 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 whoa. They were going against the Panthers, who have the sneaky best defense in the NFL, who are going to win the Super Bowl this season with <laughs> Bryce Young. The savior has come to Carolina. Charlotte is returned. We're going to have... Oh, it feels like 2015 all over again, baby. We're back. Oh, the Panthers God. are back, dude. Keep pounding, Grant. You got to keep pounding. Hashtag keep pounding. I agree with you. I'm always trying the to Panthers keep pounding. Panthers are back. I know. You're always there. You're always there. <laughs> I'm always there trying to keep pounding. We're Michigan men. We're Jets. You know, go Jets, you know. But anyhow, we'll be back. NFL previews. We still have our Pac-12 preview, and uh, we already recorded the ACC preview. That'll be up very soon with Josh Graham and Connor and I. Uh, that was a great episode. That went about 30 minutes. Uh, make sure to follow us all on social media in the episode description below at CarterCast on everything, CarterCast.com. Uh, and subscribe to the YouTube. Do what you can to do to help out. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you all next time.